wildly woke Wheaton College professor Nathan Cartagena. Here's an excerpt from a July 7, 2020 blog post titled The White Man Leading the White Man's Party and the White Church, written by Nathan Cartagena, Associate Professor of Philosophy at Evangelical Flagship Wheaton College. Quote, From his birtherism charges against President Obama, to his threats against bad hombres, to his bragging about getting away with sexual assault, candidate Trump signaled that he was going to be a white man's president, dedicated to tapping into and drawing from the U.S.'s deep white nationalist roots and their accompanying sexism. Since ascending to office, he's labored to establish Trumpism identity politics for white folks, and the Republican establishment has coddled his efforts, as Senator McConnell's four-year defense of President Trump makes clear. President Trump and establishment Republicans like Senator McConnell show no signs of ceasing their strategic gendered racism. Instead, they're doubling down on it to keep their base. Yes, they're cunning enough to place white women such as Sarah Huckabee Sanders and Kayleigh McEnany before reporters. But they know these women will pull all necessary stops to promulgate the party's racist, patriarchal agenda. Sanders relentlessly lied. Kaylee tirelessly defends Trump while claiming, I know who I'm ultimately working for, and it's the big guy upstairs. Remember that a white man is leading a white party and the white church is promoting both. What you're witnessing is a byproduct of the 70s, the latest manifestation of the deplorable linking of Christianity and male exulting whiteness. And to riff on St. Paul, beware, you may become someone's enemy if you tell the truth about the Republican Party's strategic gendered racism. Christian or not, President Trump's followers prefer their white lies, end quote. Cartagena seems not to remember that Senator McConnell was compelled by the corrupt antics of Democrats to defend former President Trump against a series of lies, including the whopper about Russian collusion paid for by Hillary Clinton's campaign. Apparently, Cartagena would have preferred Christians to vote for the lying, race-exploiting, human-slaughter cheerleader Hillary Clinton, who supports compulsory taxpayer funding of human slaughter throughout the entire nine months of pregnancy for any or no reason. Does Cartagena have any problem with those Christians who voted for either the corrupt Hillary Clinton or the equally corrupt Joe Biden, both members of the party that, as black professor Carol Swain wrote, defended slavery, started the Civil War, opposed Reconstruction, founded the Ku Klux Klan, imposed segregation, perpetrated lynchings, and fought against the Civil Rights Acts of the 1950s and 60s. In contrast, according to Swain, the Republican Party was founded in 1854 as an anti-slavery party. Its mission was to stop the spread of slavery into the new Western territories with the aim of abolishing it entirely. This effort, however, was dealt a major blow by the Supreme Court. In the 1857 case, Dred Scott v. Sanford, the court ruled that slaves aren't citizens, they're property. The seven justices who voted in favor of slavery? All Democrats. The two justices who dissented? Both Republicans. After Reconstruction ended, when the federal troops went home, Democrats roared back into power in the South, 
they quickly reestablished white supremacy across the region with measures like black codes, laws that restricted the ability of blacks to own property and run businesses, and they imposed poll taxes and literacy tests used to subvert the black citizens' right to vote, end quote. For decades, the Democrat Party passed laws and endorsed policies to buy black votes, even when those policies destroyed the black family, killed black babies, kept black children in lousy schools, and made urban black communities unlivable. Does Cartagena think those laws and policies are racist? What about efforts by leftists to defund police, which will result in more black deaths? Are those racist? Cartagena calls Sarah Huckabee Sanders a liar and implies both Sanders and Kaylee McEnany are female tokens. Well, is Jen Psaki a liar? For example, did she lie recently when she blamed the defunding of police on Republicans? Rhetorical questions, obviously. Cartagena whines about the GOP's alleged patriarchal agenda and gendered racism but says nothing about Biden's gendered racism in deliberately choosing members of his administration based not on merit, wisdom, knowledge, or experience, but on their skin color and sex. Biden makes no secret about his commitment to tokenism, a.k.a. gendered racism. I'm not sure what a patriarchal agenda is or why Cartagena opposes it, seeing as the Bible has a lot of good stuff to say about patriarchs and patriarchal structures. But this statement suggests Cartagena holds women in high esteem, which is a very good thing. For those who hold women in high esteem, it would seem that Trump would have been the preferred candidate over both Hillary and Biden, since both of them have made it clear they support the sexual integration of girls' and women's spaces and sports. Cartagena writes about critical race theory a lot and favorably, Much of his writing is academic in nature, picking apart arguments from scholars critical of CRT, you know, dancing on the heads of pins kind of stuff. He takes particular aim at Manhattan Institute senior fellow Christopher Rufo, who has been influential in exposing the tenets and influence of CRT in academia, the corporate world, and the government, including the military. About Rufo, Cartagena says, quote, culture war agitators such as Rufo aren't interested in offering a just, charitable understanding of CRT, end quote. As evidence for this claim, Cartagena provides a decontextualized tweet. Yes, a tweet. But while he fusses about whether some critic gets a point wrong or misses a point, Cartagena doesn't spend much time acknowledging that when scholarly theories wend their way down the sewage pipe from sullied ivory towers, Academic theories morph. Big theories pass through filters that strain out the minutiae that scholars love to debate. Large chunks of excrement remain to pollute culture. Right now, ideas derived from Marxism, critical theory, and critical race theory are stinking up the joint. In addition to CRT theorists Derek Bell and Kimberly Williams Crenshaw, Cartagena cites Paulo Freire a lot and favorably, calling him a Brazilian Christian. Since Christian means many things to many people, a bit more information from Cartagena about Freire's Christianity may be helpful to Cartagena's readers, particularly students. Freire was a Brazilian Marxist, or Christian socialist, heavily influenced by liberation theology. 
Other thinkers who influenced him include Marx, Lenin, Mao, Che Guevara, Fidel Castro, Franz Fanon, Herbert Marcuse, and Jean-Paul Sartre. Freire wrote the well-known book Pedagogy of the Oppressed, which former city journal writer Saul Stern critiqued in an article titled Pedagogy of the Oppressor, subtitled Another Reason U.S. Education Schools Are So Awful, The Ongoing Influence of Brazilian Marxist Paulo Freire. Stern describes Freire's polemic as a, quote, derivative, unscholarly book about oppression, class struggle, the depredations of capitalism, and the need for revolution, end quote. Cartagena wants the church, and apparently all of America, to study critical race theory as intensely as leftist scholars study it. And unless they do, any criticism of CRT is illegitimate. Cartagena writes, quote, because marginalization and oppression in pigmentocracies operate along racialized lines, Christians should share the common interests of critical race theorists, and they should recognize that assessments of those scholars' conclusions must be robust and nuanced. An endorsement or rejection of CRT requires examining a lot of U.S. history, especially U.S. legal history, political philosophy, sociology, and theology. We must repent of our shoddy, unjust presentations of CRT. We must labor to understand and evaluate CRT in light of history, political philosophy, sociology, and theology, and the movement's internal diversity. This is what neighborly love demands, end quote. I'm not sure that neighborly love demands the kind of lucubration of an academic theory Cartagena demands. Does neighborly love demand such laborious study of other academic theories? If so, which ones? His assertion seems a clever way to use scripture to force Christians either to spend inordinate amounts of time studying CRT or remain silent. His tricksy reasoning is based on the biblical truth that God commands us to love our neighbors. Then he asserts, with no biblical warrant, that neighborly love demands Christians labor to understand and evaluate CRT in light of history, political philosophy, sociology, and theology, and the movement's internal diversity. I haven't read everything that Cartagena, prolific devotee of CRT, has written on CRT or whiteness, but so far I haven't read anything suggesting he believes neighborly love demands the same kind of in-depth study accompanied by robust and nuanced assessments of criticism of CRT. No word about whether all teaching of CRT principles and tenets should be banned in public schools unless and until teachers prove they have studied CRT and its critics deeply. And no word about whether public school teachers should advocate for CRT or present it without bias or favor. I first wrote about Cartagena in May in an article about Wheaton's racialized minority recognition ceremony at graduation, which followed close on the heels of Wheaton's controversial decision to cancel a plaque honoring slain missionaries, replacing it with one more palatable to Wheaton wokesters, one that removes references to the savagery of the killers who happen to be indigenous people. With Wheaton awash in wokery, 
The following letter from Wheaton College President Philip Riken to the Wheaton College community in the fall of 2020, just after the spring and summer destructive, violent BLM slash Antifa insurrections, shouldn't surprise anyone. Disappoint? Yes. Surprise? Not so much. He wrote, and I quote, Dear campus community, we all are witnesses to the egregious and senseless violence that recently claimed the lives of Breonna Taylor, Ahmed Arbery, and George Floyd. Their deaths speak to the enduring presence of systemic and institutional racism within our society. As a community, we are deeply distressed by violent acts that have persisted in our country for more than four centuries. As Christ followers, we denounce systemic racism and police brutality against any racial or ethnic group. Today, especially, our hearts are filled with pain for the inhumane treatment of our brothers and sisters in the African-American community. We stand united with African-American students, faculty, and staff who are all deeply affected by these ongoing acts of racial violence and other sinful injustices, often on a daily basis. We are also committed to identifying and addressing policies and systems in our own institution that hinder access and success of members who belong to marginalized and oppressed groups. In order to have the impact on the world that God is calling us to have, we are resolved to think and act in ways that create a more loving, equitable, and just community. Wheaton College pursues a biblical commitment to respect and love all people as equal image bearers of Jesus Christ. This is mandated by scripture, promised in our community covenant, and detailed in our Christ-centered diversity commitment. To the members of our community belonging to the African diaspora, please know that you have our love, support, and concern. End quote. Disabuse yourselves of any fanciful notion that Cartagena is the only wokester at Wheaton. He's not. Parents considering paying boatloads of money to send their kids to Wheaton College might want to consider other, less woke, Christian colleges. And Wheaton donors might want to reconsider how they steward their donations.